today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. In today's edition of the Toronto Star, Kevin Donovan, Chief Investigative Reporter, uh, where is Honey Sherman's will? I'm going to read you the first paragraph. In the weeks following the discovery of Honey and Barry Sherman's bodies last December, there was a vigorous search for an important document, Honey Sherman's will. No one reported being given it for safekeeping, and when police returned access to the family home where the billionaire couple was murdered, no last will and testament of hers was discovered. To talk more about all of this, Chief Investigative Reporter for the Star, Kevin Donovan, in with us now. Kevin, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. That's great, Scott. Thanks for having me on. I uh, always love reading your work and uh, the great work that you and the other great investigative reporters do across this country. We always hear experts say, Kevin, you got to have a will. It just seems odd that a family of this wealth that we're talking about this. Uh, it makes no sense to me, but judging from the calls that I've gotten today, members of the public, some people called and said, gee, I should get my will done. So it, it does happen. You would have thought that with you know lawyers and family advisors, uh, something would have been done, but it's, it's, unless this is it's somewhere and it's been taken, uh, uh, there's no will. So uh, do, do we suspect that there is a will, just don't know where it is, or there was never one made? And it would seem odd with the high profile of this case that if somebody had it, they wouldn't come forward with it. I agree with that. I, I to the best of my belief, there's, there's no will. And it probably would have happened that, uh, well, one thing, that, uh, I mean, Barry Sherman uh, would always say to people that, you know, he was going to die tomorrow because men in his, in his family never lived that long. And so that's probably why he had one. And I think Honey Sherman didn't think she was ever going to die. She, uh, despite a lot of physical ailments, had a very robust personality and probably was something she was going to get to tomorrow. I do, I can't tell you that I've talked to close friends of, of both Honey and, and Barry and, and the subject of wills uh, of either of them never came up. It just was not something they were interested in discussing. It also seems odd, and, and perhaps this is the business dealings, that he had one and she wouldn't. Yes. The, the Sherman family, now his company, Apotex, is a private company. And he, uh, and I guess by extension, his wife would have the, the majority, like almost all the shares of it. Uh, they have a, it, it, it appears to be owned by a private family uh, trust called SureFam, like Sherman Family. And I, I, the people there, uh, you know, long-term people who've worked there, they don't appear to use any outside advice to do any of their investments. Uh, so it's not like they've got a, like a top accounting agency. Right. Uh, so I, I, I just, I, as crazy as it seems in this day and age, it, it seems to be something that just fell through through the cracks. And and because of the seal on the court file, I don't know what flows from this. I mean, is does this cause any sort of problem? I don't know. That's why we're trying to get the document. Um, with him having a primary and secondary will because of, of his business and such, did she need one? Would she be covered in his, per se? I, from what I understand from estate lawyers, each person should have have a will. Uh, this I hadn't uh, known about this until actually looking into the late Rob Ford's will, but people with private companies often have a secondary will. I personally have one will uh, because I, you know, I, I work for a company. That's, that's my main income. But in his case, uh, there are your primary will would have any stocks and securities that are traded publicly, uh, a house, uh, a boat. He doesn't have a boat, but a car would be in the, in the will. Any, uh, you know, cash in, in the bank, let's say, Beyond that, everything that he owned uh, 
through Apotex uh, privately would be in the secondary will. Uh, so the problem with discussing this is we're talking about it in a bit of a vacuum because I've gotten just the tiniest bit of information from the our challenge to the sealing order, but the actual documents which would answer all of this uh, are sealed. What is not sealed, though, is that uh, the family, uh, to get it sealed, got a judge to go along with the following statement, that there was a real risk of kidnapping and, uh, and harm to the beneficiaries and the trustees uh, if this was not sealed. I don't think that's the case because everybody, most people know that they have four kids and, and who the trustees are. It's not a big secret, but they convinced the judge to do that and the Toronto Star is appealing that order. Uh, is it possible the, the family has it, just doesn't want the press or anybody knowing about it and, and you know they view it and because these documents are sealed, you won't get that information? I actually believe we will be successful in in getting it because I think the judge, uh, our argument is the judge uh, erred in, in law uh, in, in sealing this. Uh, I, no, I don't think uh, they filed a document in court that says that Honey Sherman did not have a will. So it isn't and, being it isn't being uh, hidden. I guess is it being hidden somewhere? Is the question here, Kevin? Of course, that's always a possibility. Uh, I was surprised that, in my understanding, is that the you know the, the, the four children inherit the the estate, and which is fine. But given how philanthropic Barry Sherman was, and how hard Honey Sherman worked for various charities, Jewish and other charities, I was surprised to learn that there was nothing in the will that bequeathed money to, to charities. Now, I do understand that the children are continuing on with the philanthropy, but I was sort of surprised at that. But, you know, uh, everybody, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's their money and they have the right to do with it what they want to. Why would somebody hide this? What would be the reasoning for that? I think the what I found in in the the Sherman case, both with the the police investigation and the family's investigation, and and now the estate, that just they, secrecy is the automatic default for them. And I I just think they just want to keep everything secret. And and I can understand a secrecy order saying that the the, the public can't have access to telephone numbers or bank account numbers. Uh, or, you know, even last names of, of beneficiaries that are different than Sherman. I can understand that. But to, to, to seal the actual dollar figure, it, it, that just to me speaks of, of a family that just wants to be private. And, and you know, they're, they're angry with the police. They're angry with the media, uh, which, uh, I mean, I didn't do the stories, but the original story is saying that it was a murder-suicide. And, right. and they just don't want to talk. I mean, I have tried... Uh, since uh, since January to to interview uh, the the children and uh, no luck they just do not want to talk and so I I'm left with talking to people who who knew them well but are not their family members. Why does the public need this information? What good would it do us? Well, I'm not sure what if anything would need to be published. But if I can just tell you that the the judge in sealing it originally said that in the file there's ev- there's information that might be materially significant to the police investigation. We, we know from our, our reporting that the investigation had a lot of mistakes. I, I, I want to see this. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm just mm. like a, 
a reporter, but I want to see everything I can see so I can pursue the, the important public interest of, of who killed Barry and Honey Sherman and what sort of investigation did Canada's biggest municipal police force do and what didn't they do? So I'm always just looking for information. And I, right. when I started in, in June, just out of curiosity, I, I went into the courthouse and on University Avenue in Toronto and just put in his name to see if the will had been uh, put for probate. And I saw that his was. And then I went to the counter, as I've done for so many other cases over the years, and was told there was a seal. And, I mean, our courts are presumptively open. Yeah. And so, and, and, and it, but it is hard for the, I can understand members of the public saying, well, how dare you try and find this out? Well, it's, it's, it should be public information, and I'm in the business of, of making public information available to the public. That's what I do for right. me. So odd that we have information regarding him, but not her on this. Uh, well, the, the information I have on him is, because, is through sources because he actually had because he had the had, will uh, uh, had a, had a will. So that that's all. That's not uh, the information is in the University Avenue courthouse uh, under lock and key, uh, and through sources, you know, I found out a little bit of information. But I, I think, I mean, that as important as this is, the importance of it has to be. Does this have any bearing on the investigation? And right. In fact, I don't even know, did the police have access to this? I have a sense that they don't. So what questions uh, could be answered by this? What questions do you want answered? Well, I'd like to know for a fact uh, who, were the bene- who are the beneficiaries. I mean, I, right. I, I believe his beneficiaries are the four children. Um, I'd like to know that for a fact. Uh, I'd like to know uh, what's in the in the estate uh, i'd like to know when when a will was filled out I, sometimes there's other information when for example if somebody is um seeking to uh saying that they were due money from an estate which does happen from time to time some of these issues are quite contentious that would or could be filed uh, in the probate court and that's what i'm looking for i i did report today uh, I'm purposely not naming the individual, but there is a person who has come forward over since they died saying that this person was due a substantial amount of money. When I say substantial, I mean in the million mm. from honey. And and so I'm curious about that. Wow. And I know that person <clears throat> uh, has made this challenge. I want to see if that's in the documents, if it's referred to at all. How complicated is this simply because the police are conducting one investigation and the family another? Oh, it's, it's very, very complicated. And, and, it, and it's further complicated because they're not on the same page. Yeah. And I think it was about a month ago that, that the family lawyer, Brian Greenspan, had a press conference with the, his private investigators there, and they made all these allegations about uh, mis and mistakes in the investigation and they set up a tip line and normally uh, when a tip line is set up they ask for the information to go to the police in this case they've asked for it to go to the Sherman family and and now the Sherman family is not revealing what Hmm. any information they've received so it's uh, it's very confusing 
Uh, so we have no way of knowing whether the the reward has uh, has worked or not, or has has provided any sort of information whatsoever. I can only tell you that anecdotally that within the the first week of it coming out, some people called me uh, saying that they wanted to provide information, and they were psychics. And I'm not in any way uh, saying anything detrimental to psychics, but that that the people that called me and and some reason they weren't able to find the number uh so i was able to provide it so uh i do not have any information that would indicate anybody uh has come forward with something material uh and you know i i've uh I, i'm wondering if on the the actual anniversary of of the their bodies being found is saturday and i i do wonder if if something you know the family's going to make a bit of a statement then uh, uh but so far, I haven't heard anything. In your opinion, the Sherman family conducting their own investigation, is that about the incompetence they felt with the police department, or is it about, in your mind, more control of information such as this? I think it began with the announcement in the media of police sources saying that this was a murder-suicide, and so they, they, they got... They got angry. The family did. And I think they felt they were not getting answers from the police. And and then they just went on a, they, they diverged. The two paths uh, diverged, the police and, and the family. And it had just gotten worse. And I think that some members of the, of the family are most likely thinking that they are following in Barry Sherman's uh, often litigious footsteps. So, you know, we're going to solve this thing. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And, and I think that that's sort of where, where the problem lies. They do not trust the police uh, at all. But, and, but sooner or later, and, and it, sorry, go ahead. No. And then it just makes me wonder if, if the police officers themselves were giving the proper uh, information back to to the family, and 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 we don't know because it's uh, like in the United in the United States, typically, police forces are much more open about uh, investigations. But we haven't had the only thing we've heard from the police uh, came from uh, Chief Saunders in defense of his officers after Brian Greenspan's uh, attacks on their their ability at the press conference right beyond that there's been absolutely nothing from uh from police and that's really unusual like not even an appeal they haven't even put out an appeal saying we would like information sooner or later are these two investigations not going to have to come together uh no i don't think they're going to have to i think i mean if we fast forward to to, let's say this goes five years and, the, and it's a true cold case, then I think it, it will just be that. And it will be you're relying on somebody that's coming in out of the blue and saying, hey, somebody, and this is just me speaking, but somebody said something in a, in a, in a jail cell and I'd like to pass on information. Um, but I can tell you the one thing is that, that the police, when they file search warrants, uh, they have to provide information for the basis of the warrants. And we've, gotten a little bit from the courts and we'll go back and in the spring and and the the search warrant documents which are three or four hundred pages now uh laying out everything the police have done would answer so many of the questions you and i are are asking and i really think that it's it's so highly unusual that the police are not just 
you know, coming forward and, and, and telling the public because the public is, uh, the public wants some answers and they, and they just haven't had any. What have or has anyone learned about how this anything from how this investigation has unfolded? It's still very hard for and, and I'm sure for you to believe, too, that, that a couple of this high profile, there is nothing on this case. There is nothing coming forward as any form of evidence to, to give us any sort of shed any sort of light onto what, what happened here. Um, is that as bizarre as we think it is, considering the magnitude of this family? It is bizarre, but but let's not. The one thing I want to make clear is that it is quite possible the police have developed all sorts of information, and uh, they're going in the right direction. Uh, we we just don't know because right. they're not sharing anything. They could have somebody under surveillance. Uh, they could have wiretaps. We don't know. Have they learned uh, something from this experience? I would hope that they had had learned that when something like this happens. Uh, they should take, uh, you know, bring in the most senior people they have uh, to look at the crime scene and and make a determination. But you know, we have a a story that I think we all covered yesterday: uh, the uh, the inquiry into the uh, Thunder Bay uh, police uh, missing mm-hmm. clues on a bunch of, of very very different types of of killings. Uh, you know, people obviously with not the wealth and the Shermans and. A lot of similarities in just reading those case accounts where, where you know, uh, police who are humans, and we all make, make mistakes, uh, made mistakes in those cases. And, and I think it would be great if the Toronto police could just come forward and say, look, you know, we screwed up here. Like, we, it's hard to explain why we did it, but we screwed up, and, uh, and we want to come clean on that. And they just they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that because if they ever do charge somebody, any of their statements can be used to to undermine the credibility of the police investigation. So that's why they're just keeping mum. Where is Honey Sherman's will? That is the column by Kevin Donovan, chief investigative reporter for the Toronto Star, one of the best in the country, and one of the many angles coming out of the Honey and Barry Sherman case. Kevin, thanks so much for the time. Good luck with this. Thanks a lot, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.